Aloha, folks. You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 121. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly T-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3, 6, or 12-month plan, or you can always buy shirts one at a time. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit TikiBarTshirtClub.com. Today, we chat with Jamie Mandeville and Boris Hamilton. Jamie Mandeville is a former career mixologist and current senior brand ambassador for Bacardi USA. And joining us for our chat is our old friend Boris Hamilton. We recorded this episode live and direct from Dama, located in the fashion district of Los Angeles, California. Learn about Bacardi's lineage, their rich history, their product portfolio, and what the future holds for their aged spirits. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. And if you did, hit that subscribe button. Subscribing makes it easier for you to follow our adventures. Shares on your social media pages are always appreciated. And if you'd like to help support the show, go to DesertOasisRoom.com to pick up some merch or make a donation. Every purchase or donation, no matter the size, is totally appreciated and helps keep this podcast coming to you every week. All righty then. Grab a seat and have some rum with us. Here's Jamie Mandeville and Boris Hamilton. Aloha. I'm good. Good. You look good. Thank Your you. Your toenails are fabulous. Thank you. I just had them done today. Oh, wonderful. Winter blue. Uh, see, and now you had to make me look because you said that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I, had to, I had to go look at a collar. later. I had to go look at a collar. <laughs> Winter blue. <laughs> well, thanks for joining the podcast, you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We do this Inside the Desert Oasis Room less and less Inside the Desert Oasis Room. We're doing this more on the road now, just because we have more fun doing it that way. But we are in a, a newish space down mm-hmm. here in the Fashion District in downtown LA at a place called Dama. Yes. How cool is this spot? This is my first time here. Me too. Yeah, I mean, basically nothing was in this area before a, a few of these restaurants started populating, which is like fashion warehouses. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, as maybe listeners can't hear, but there is still construction going on around here. Is well, someone vacuuming her car? <laughs> yeah, someone's vacuuming her car. Well, earlier there was a leaf blower. Yeah. You know, the leaf blower was pretty loud. Yeah, I can barely hear that one. That's not so bad. All right. Yeah, you know, like this whole area looks super cool. If you go that way, like you go west like two blocks, it, it still looks like old L.A. Right. But you start going out this way. And it's starting to get this really kind of trendy vibe now. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and I remember the days in downtown when it was real sketchy no matter where you went. But now it's the other way around. Like, it seems like anywhere you go now in downtown is kind of hip and cool. 
Yeah, and there's a couple little pockets of sketchiness yes. just to keep you, like, keep that little grittiness of downtown, for sure. Yeah. You know, when you're yeah. driving somewhere on a Saturday night and you're in a hurry, that's when you have to drive through the sketchy parts. But right. overall, if but you overall, have time, you It's good to be in a car then, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so for our listeners that don't know, obviously, we have our friend Boris Hamilton here on the show. He's our favorite. Right, Boris? Yes, I'm your favorite. <laughs> he's our favorite. <laughs> not, we, we fan, always, not a fan if, favorite. If Boris is favorite. not on the show as a guest, he's on the show as a topic of some <laughs> sort. We always have Boris on almost every episode. That's why you're the favorite. That's why yeah. It's yeah. more like an odds right. game. Uh-huh. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're my favorite. Don't worry. And, and our female voice, our sexy female voice, is Miss Jamie Mandeville? Mandeville. Mandeville. That's it. And she's my favorite. <laughs> and there you go. She's okay. my favorite, too. See, everybody. Everybody's favorite. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate um, you joining us, Jamie. Yeah. I actually met Boris when I was a bartender. He was a regular at my bar. Imagine that. Oh, yes. really? What bar was this? It was uh, Drago Centro. It's okay. an Italian restaurant. Over in the financial district of L.A. Which so. um, oh. is wonderful. <laughs> okay. Um, I went on a like a Thrillist punch crawl. <laughs> and I had seen earlier that Jamie had done a summer menu there with a Mai Tai on it. And I was like, I need to go try that Mai Tai. Okay. And then the punch crawl came up and I was like, fine, I'll drink the punch. And then when everyone else is wandering around, I'm going to get a Mai Tai. And I went up to Jamie and I said, I know there's a Mai Tai on the menu. And she's like, not right now, but I can make you one. And it was wonderful. And um, then I was like, I'm coming back here. So... You know, I use the Mai Tai as a measuring stick for the bars that I go to because you go to a bar and if they're dumping grenadine and pineapple juice and all kinds of stuff like that in the Mai Tai, right off the bat, it makes me question what the rest of their cocktails are going to be like. Right. right. Wait, you don't like the hyper-colored red ones? <laughs> <laughs> no, not the, I don't like the pink ones either. <laughs> but so it, it was really good. Everything, the punch was good. The Mai Tai was good. Um, and then I, Mark Holt would always come down and he'd be like, what's new? What's where And we, so I took him there. And then once I took him there once, there was no getting him out of there. Yeah. Every time. yeah. And then it came, it came like every three weeks he was coming down. Oh, you know what? Mark Holt told me about that bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how I know that. It's definitely name. Mark's favorite. I would yeah, see yeah, him more yeah. often than I'd see a lot of my regulars that lived in Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. And, but we'd say, okay, we're going to go to, we're going to go to Drago. We'll see Jamie. We'll get some drinks and then we'll go somewhere else. And he'd be like, okay. Yeah. And then I couldn't get him out. Uh, you know, I haven't seen Mark in a long time. I, he's, he has a job job. So oh, he does? That's why. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, hello, Mark. Shout out to you. Yeah. <laughs> we Mark. miss We Hi, miss Mark. you, buddy. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your background, Jamie, because we were talking before we started recording, and I was sure. rather impressed by that. So I've spent about 10 years as a bartender in Los Angeles, started off in nightclubs doing bottle service, slinging cocktails okay. here and there. I and then was really part of LA as that movement happened into craft cocktails and like we talked a little bit about like downtown and the resurgence of downtown and that it's actually become a destination versus some place that you just yeah, drive yeah, through yeah. really quickly. Yeah, yeah. So for sure. it was an exciting time to be a part of um, a community and to really grow up as a bartender. Uh, and then the past six years, I've been working with Bacardi. Um, so I've been an ambassador with Bacardi, uh, kind of looking after basically most of North America, but sort of razor focusing on uh, Texas moving westward and okay. working with bartenders. And, you know, it's one of those things people ask me like, oh, OK, well, you're like out there to like teach bartenders how to mix cocktails. And that's 
really not it. I usually work with bartenders that already know how to mix cocktails and really talk to a little bit more of the production and the heritage behind the brands. Because Bacardi is a family-owned company, but we have like over 200 brands that we distribute in the U.S. 200 brands. Yes. That's insane. Now, I know a few of them, but I didn't know there was 200. Yeah. What are some of the more popular ones? So, Bacardi, obviously the flagship, and then Grey Goose. Uh, vodka, Dewar's Scotch, I would say Bombay Sapphire Gin. Those are the ones that pretty much like any like household right, will right, know those right. or be able to pick those brands. Uh, now, what's the off littlest the bar. one? So you know, some of the brands that we picked up, which are really exciting, are like Santa Teresa Rum from Venezuela, which is really oh, amazing. Do you know that? Did you? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't either. I didn't. Um, and then we have some brands that we've grown up. Um, Basically, from concept beyond, like Oxley Gin, which is a really interesting, like cold distilled gin. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so all across the board, I actually brought some Bacardi so too. We should probably let's do that. No. So right, even though like do we like, drink on this show? <laughs> I was told that inside the desert oasis meant that we had to create the whole ambiance. So That's I'm right. doing my best being a first timer on this to like right. help oh, do so. And thank you, Jamie. I think you're doing a fine job. We were talking earlier before you got here because my daiquiri is so wonderful. What came first, daiquiri or lemonade? That's a good question. Right? So we were stumped by that because, so here's the thing. I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, my trip to Bacardi. I went to the Bacardi distillery back in 2012. And, um, you know, when I was there, I think that they had just recently celebrated their 150th birthday, anniversary, whatever you want to call that. They had spent 75 years in Cuba and then 75 years in Puerto Rico in at Puerto that Rico. Point. Mm-hmm. So what I was telling Boris was when I was at the distillery, one of the bartenders there, one of the things that he said to me was that Bacardi had formulated three cocktails. Uh, the three that they invented were the mojito, the daiquiri, and the Cuba Libre. Yes. And if that is the, truly the case, then that daiquiri, which is basically rum, sugar, and lime, mm-hmm. is it's a lemonade, right? Just with... Just with rum Just instead, with of, rum in it. Instead, yes. instead of water. <laughs> instead of water. And if that happened in the 1800s, when was the lemonade? Well, I... Was I, it during the Depression when kids were selling it on the sidewalk? <laughs> 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 cheers, cheers! by the way, you guys. Yeah, cheers. 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 I, I would assume lemonades have been around since, you know, probably the 1700s or something like that. But wow, this is good. The daiquiri could have been too. I don't... When was ice and when was regular guy... Get it, get it out of your kitchen, ice, or get it from a place, ice, ready. Right. Well, I, th- I think it really, like, kind of stipulates on, on citrus, right, for both mm-hmm. of them to jump in. Like, Okay, so, yeah. Um, I don't know. That's like the like chicken versus the egg question. Yeah. But it's wonderful. And I you prefer, know what? I, and I, I just realized I made, a, I made a mistake. Lemonade is lemon and the daiquiri is lime. So. Right. Lime, but it's yeah. still the same concept. Yeah. When Jamie said citrus, I thought, oh, wait a second. Oh. Yeah. So. Right. Okay. Well, what what would happen if you made a lemon daiquiri? Uh, find out. Let's find out. We find out. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm sure it'd be really well, good. Because a couple, year, couple years ago during the uh, the cartel crisis, right? I think everyone was using lemon versus lime. Yeah, I know Trader Vic's. It was like a couple limes. dollars for yeah. limes one are lime. So expensive. Trader Vic's was was uh, substituting lemonade or le- lemons, <laughs> lemons for, for limes. For limes. I think in the Mai yeah. Tai. Well, you know, there's a, a local Mexican restaurant that 
switched over to the lemons, and they never went back to limes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so when you get your burritos and your tacos and all that, they give it, you sliced lemons. Oh, wow. Which doesn't taste the same. It's not no. the same. No. no I like not. lemon with my sushi. I like limes with my daiquiri. I like lemon yes. with my sushi, too. I do, too. <laughs> wow, I thought I was the only one that did that. See? <laughs> wow. See, we found each other. It's... <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now our listeners are going to go and try lemon on their sushi. Okay, mm-hmm. so what, what did we just sip? Because I'm going to, I know he gave us a glass to pour it out, but I'm not doing that. Don't it's pour all, it out. It's really it's, good. It's all going in. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm not doing that. When he said, that, so, oh yeah, this is the dump glass, I'm like, I didn't have to anything. So I brought along with me a Bacardi Quattro, so which is our four-year. We always like put on our bottles like the lowest, the youngest rum in our bottling. Okay. So it's really the kind of the more median range of it is like four to six years. So Bacardi came out with these about a year ago. Just to flank our Reserva, our original like family Reserva blend, Bacardi Ocho. So we came out with a 10 as well as a 4. Oh, you call it Ocho. Ocho. Mm-hmm. Is that what everybody in the company calls it? We're getting back to uh, kind of referring to our brands and more of their heritage okay. names. So sometimes gonna... even like on Bacardi Superior. You're the first person uh... that I've heard it call, call it Ocho. Because it says Ron on the on the label also. Yeah. So yes. and as you see from the labels too, we've gone back to more of a heritage style oh, with cool. the labels. So even on like Superior, which has had many names over the years, right? Light, white, etc. Um, that we're going back to Carta Blanca. Okay. Very cool. So yeah, just to pay homage, um, as you were saying, you were there for the 150th year anniversary, uh, which is right around the time that I started with Bacardi. So it was really. Exciting you know, and hectic time to start for Bacardi. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Exciting and hectic. <laughs> Exciting and yeah. hectic, yeah. I, I know that feeling. <laughs> I've worked with companies that have that whole culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I must admit that I was one of these guys that would scoff at the Bacardi name. Mm-hmm. Until I went to the distillery. And when I went to the distillery, it changed my whole perspective of the brand. And I encouraged people like, hey, you know, give that give that brand another look and look at it, especially like some of these other blends with an open mind. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, you know, when I was there, they have this. Have you been to the distillery? I have. Yeah. So, do you know, that um, art deco (laughs) that that the the room. Well, I don't know if she's she's there like. Twice a year. Oh, are you, you really? Know that. Okay. You, you don't know that. Well, I don't know that because, you know, like sometimes people that if they're in a sales role that they just, they spend all their time just traveling to service clients and they never actually. Sure. So anyway, what I'm getting at is they have this in the tour. There's this um, Art Deco-ish like Prohibition era style bar and there's a bartender mm-hmm. there that mixes up those three cocktails. Yeah, that, it's that the La Floridita replica bar. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... He took questions afterwards and I asked him, you know, what are you, what are your thoughts about when people say, oh, your silver has no flavor? He says, well, it's engineered to be that way. You know, he says that 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 particular product is not engineered to be a sipping rum. It's meant to be a mixing rum. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the way that he presented his answer to me, it impressed me and I thought, okay, so... The Did people you, that are basically knocking that are, are the people that are expecting something else, something that it's not supposed to be. Did right. you uncross your arms and quit staring him down when he gave you that <laughs> answer? <Right. laughs> Did you then take your daiquiri or your right. mojito and you're like, great. <laughs> no, you know what? Actually, so my wife is allergic to alcohol. She can't drink. She gets the Asian flush, right? So 
when we were there, they give you a couple drink tickets. Oh, yeah. And they serve you full cocktails because they want you to try these cocktails, not just to sip. They want you to enjoy a cocktail with their rum. So I had my drink tickets and I had her drink tickets. And that's why I was real ballsy. But we had our drinks before the t- instead of after. So that's why I was real ballsy, like raising my hand. Emboldened. And, and this is also why Adrian's now a fan of Bacardi, too. Yes, it is. <laughs> it yeah, you know what? I, I'm, I am. I am. I'm impressed with the brand. Actually, the stuff here that you brought. So I see an aged four year. Mm-hmm. I see an aged, I guess I should call it ocho. Ocho, ocho. años. And the ten year. So I haven't tried the 10 or the 4. I have tried the 8. Yeah, as most people. So the 8 was the original family blend, family reserve, and it came, they released it out to the public in the ni- in 1990s. Okay. Uh, these two were released in the last year, so you're not alone in being, okay. Okay. yeah, that you haven't tried them. That's why I figured I'd bring them along today, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. isn't there a weird rum numbering thing? As Is in it? that people don't abide by any laws when they start yes. Yes. putting That's numbers the one. on. And we were yes. talking about that, too. <laughs> I'm going to make my own Boris 62 rum. Exactly, right? right. And that's what the whole thing with people that use the Solera method, which is great. Like, nothing to knock on it, but sometimes they actually label to whatever their oldest is within it. Okay. But I know that there's a dirty trick that a lot of them use, too, where they'll throw a number on the bottle. And they won't say that it's aged to that number. It's just the the name of the rum. Exactly. Right? So Mm -hmm. this might be a blah, blah, blah 20. It doesn't say aged 20 years. They just call it a 20. So it's like a Chanel number five. Like a Chanel number Mm -hmm. five. And it fools the buyer into thinking it's a 20-year-old rum. It fools the unsuspecting buyer. See, we all know better, right? But we know better, right? (laughs) And I hope our listeners know now, too. Yeah. (laughs) So Chanel when you go out there and you go you go and look at these nice. bottles and you see the numbers on there, make sure you look and see that it's actually aged to that number, and it's not just the model number of that particular blend. <laughs> the number that they really like, their lucky number, right? Yeah, right. like Mambo number five. Or yes, exactly. <laughs> That's the best. How come it's all number five? Should I, should I that, number that five? Your rum, okay. Boris <laughs> yes. is Mambo number five. Boris is Mambo number five. I may buy it. Yeah, a little bit of two year. I drink it. I drink it. I don't know if I would buy it, but I definitely drink it. <laughs> so there you go. Well, I will gift it to you. <laughs> People always like ask me, like you know, kind of like as far as like cocktails and like spirits go, and I'm like, okay, well, if I would pay my own money for it, then that's like my that's, like the the benchmark for me. Well, I tell you, when I finished that tour. They have you exit through the gift shop, just like Disneyland. I know. Strategic, right? Strategic. Totally strategic. And I was like, by that point, I was like a total Bacardi fanboy. I was like, oh, I need to get a bar, man. Oh, look at the backpack. Oh, look at the jacket. I was like, and I'm in Puerto Rico, man. It's like 90, humid. And I'm trying to figure out, and I got the bar mat. I got the big one. The oh, big okay. square one. It doesn't oh, fit on my bar because yeah, it's the giant. The square one doesn't fit on anyone's it's home giant. bar. Right. You actually like decided to purchase this and pack I it. And, like, stuff. This is- but I also did this. I called home to price shop some of the bottles in the gift shop. Mm-hmm. And the, the bottles at home were cheaper. Oh. Believe it or not. And I thought, wow, I'm buying it direct from the, the factory. Well, that's, yeah. Well, that's like buying some I get it. It's like Disneyland. Yeah. I get it. You know, most like people are souvenir cup. Yeah, most right? people aren't going to, they're just going to buy it with emotion, right? They're going right. to be spontaneous. And then, but yeah. there are a few things at the distillery that you can get that you can't get into your your stores here. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You know what they are? I do. So there's a 15 uh, year uh, sherry cask. Rum. Oh, see, if oh. I had known this, 
I would have probably. Well, we should now probably. Now you know somebody. I'm your girl. Oh, you just go. gotta ask. Yeah, but you but you can't get it here. You said you can't get it here. You just so have to like taking our trip to Puerto Rico. I know. We should go to Puerto I Rico go with Jamie. Mm-hmm. I totally want to go. Let's back. do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I feel like inside the desert oasis could be in Puerto Rico too, we right? Should That's totally the thing. It travels that. anywhere yeah. and everywhere. We should totally do that. But you know, when I was there, I went and I saw a few other places. I went to Don Q, which I'm not gonna say it the Spanish way because it. Looks like it says Don Q to me. <laughs> but there's a special way that they say it, oh, so I'm not going to say it that way. Okay. Uh, they had a tasting room in Old San Juan, which is where I actually stayed. I and love Old San Juan. It's great, isn't mm-hmm. it? And uh, oh, and I'm gonna, let me divert for a second. We stayed at El Convento, which is this old... It's called El Convento because it, it was a convent back in the day where people became nuns. And they converted it to this hotel... And the rooms where the nuns actually lived in are the hotel rooms. And the whole time I was there, I, I felt like I felt guilty about having sex with my wife because you had sex with your wife in Puerto Rico? <laughs> it, it, no, in a convent, in yeah, an old convent, uh, which dirty. is now a hotel. <laughs> which is now a hotel. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, the ghosts of all these old nuns are watching me right now. They were. <laughs> right? They were. Wow. But anyway, so I went to uh, Don Q, and then I went to Rondal Barrelito. Barley, yeah. yeah so, I know I'm saying it with my American accent. But Did you go to La Factoria bar? No, no, I didn't. Oh, no. see, these are, the three these are all the reasons. Well, no, 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 the bar in Old San Juan, La Factoria. No, I didn't know about that. Okay, well, this is why we all need to go back yeah, yeah, for to sure. Puerto Rico. But you know what? It wasn't a cocktail-centric trip because my wife's mm-hmm. allergic to alcohol. Sure. And we were there for our anniversary. So Does she like dancing, though? They have a live band nah, in salsa. Not really. <laughs> I thought she did. I thought she was Mrs. Dancer. No, she used to be back in college. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's back she, when she used to drink. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she did. She drank back then. And I said to her, how is it that back then you could drink like all this shitty stuff, right? She would drink like Midori Collins and Sex on the Beach, all that crappy like, college drinks, you know? Do you make Midori? Do I make my own Midori? No, is Midori oh, part of is, is that a Bacardi Bacardi under your umbrella? No. Okay, cool. It is not. All right, then. <laughs> so anyway, well, like, right, yeah. Well, we're going back just... without your wife then, because I don't yeah, want yeah. you having sex with her in the convent next in the to convent, my room. Yeah. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't either. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should go back. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um... This is wonderful, by the way. I think I've said that before already. Everything I've had so far. Well, well yours is the only one that we're done, ours. dude. Yeah, if it's so out. wonderful, why is yours still full? I was being polite and listening. So how are your daiquiris, by the way? They're very good, actually. Very good. So that's always like my kind of yardstick or like benchmark when I go to a bar. Because this it's like such one. like simple this ingredients, This is another right? one, yeah. Between your rum choice, using fresh lime juice, and then whatever you use for your sugar. Um, I get people that try to get like way too fancy with it. And I agree. And it's also, it's the, it's the, um, the balance, the proportion of those ingredients as well. That is, it's another way to judge the bar mm-hmm. well, for me. I also like that it's a nice size lime wedge and not like a wheel. Yes. Not that I see too like, many wheels, but. True. But it's like, what do you do with the wheel, right? It just yeah. smacks you in the face. You can't actually get any like citrus juice out of it. Nope. So Just roll yeah. it away. Yeah. So if they hand you a, a daiquiri that's red and blended with a pineapple spear or something in it, that's another red flag, right? Because then it's the same thing. It's like, okay, if you're making a daiquiri that I didn't order, because like, there was a time in the 80s where people were blending all their daiquiris. Right. But frozen cocktails are coming back. Here at Dama, 
You need to have the Miami Vice. It's so good. Is so it you good? Okay. Seen all like fresh ingredients with okay. it. Like I'm not anti frozen no, cocktails I, at all. So I trust Dama. I'm just saying that if you got a if you ordered a daiquiri, and you got like some kind of slushy thing, right? Like in it, Vegas it, or yeah, bourbon that's, that's 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 made again, out of all yeah. shelf stable ingredients. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> shelf stable is a very nice way of saying. It's <laughs> oh, cool industry term. I know what you're saying. It's like an industry term. <laughs> so I'm an ambassador. I learned how to be very PC with people. Do you have the little flags on your car? Little ambassador <laughs> flags. Uh, <laughs> okay, so Jamie just poured us the ocho. The ocho. It's even ocho on the bottle. It is, which yeah. is also eight, eight in English. Eight, eight. Yes. When I was in high school, some guy called me Cuatro Ocho. Quattro Ocho. Was, I guess it's four eyes. <laughs> oh, is that what they said? Quattro Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Quattro Huevos Ocho. Something like that. There's, there's the football player who calls himself Ocho Cinco. Right. And that's literally 8-5. It's not 85. He, he was naming himself after the number on his jersey. Oh. But 85 is Ochenta Cinco. It's not Ocho Cinco. This smells wonderful. Right. Okay, so I'm going to... This gonna, is like gonna, the standby. This is like when I first started working here. for the company. This would be my like my fallback. I'd always have like... Uh, we were talking about old fashions earlier. Like I love rum See, old this fashions. This is so good. so good. I love you. a rum old fashioned too. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Um, but yeah, this is uh, dating back to 1862. This was one of the original recipes, but it was only available to the family. It was like for like, you're getting married or you're having a baby or it's like your quinceanera. Now, they did a special blend during their 150th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Did you get to try that? I did. So that's um, that's actually what you guys had in your glass right here. Oh. So that's the Bacardi Heritage. So that's oh. like when we went back to the, the, sometimes we call it 1909 because that's the label that we put on the bottle itself. It's at 44.5%, which is the original uh, ABV that it was in 1862. Wow. There was this whole movie about how that, came together mm-hmm. like all the blenders that they brought together yeah. and the rums that they aged and we everything in preparation for that for yeah it, it, it was, was impressive big, yeah, yeah it was well, a big deal it was an interesting thing because they were working on a few different projects and one of them was um another line named after our founder facundo so that is that one has four expressions um the youngest of it being a white rum our neo which is between one and eight years so it's actually the oldest white rum on the market okay uh and then we have a true 10-year rum meaning that we always like um age and then blend this has been blended and then aged, so it's just put into the cask and let you know you let the caribbean sun take its course and after 10 years crack it open and see what you have right so very different than the typical like bacardi way of doing things and then the other is between the 7 and 23 um, that's finished in uh, Pedro Jimenez's sherry cast. And the one beyond that is between 16 and 23 years. So, like, super old, like, small amounts of that 23 for sure, but finished in Exo Cognac cast. So, they were working on this project, but had, you know, the Bacardi family had opened up their aging facility in Bermuda to our current master distiller and some of our master distillers from previous generations and let them pick out basically go through this library the family right. like, stocks oh, wow. and barrels right, right. and um, create these blends so the Fukuno line just wasn't ready in time for the 150th year anniversary okay. but they were also working on this heritage bottling which was ready and so yeah I've seen I want to say that they on both I believe did they have that for sale in the gift shop after that time or was that just for people in the family 
So the Facundo line, so they did a really limited release. You can still find it in some places here in Los Angeles. It's available in the gift store as well. Um, but it was only opened up to San Francisco, Los Angeles, Miami, and New York. Okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah, so, that works for I me. I mean, we're covered, so. Awesome. <laughs> it's about living we, in LA, right? And we have a connection. Yeah, right. you know we're, we're connected the, somewhere. The connection. <laughs> Dan Long. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, but no. <laughs> I was so furious when I, when you when you took this job. I was just like, no. But I'm so happy for you at the same time. Well, Still now happy. we can go to Puerto Rico. I mean, we can go Come to Puerto on, Rico. There's other now. things exactly. that we can do. Yes. Oh, yes. Exactly. Yeah, Plus, I'm, I bring I'm down you to for the, that. The fun, cool bars like Dom always here. do. Well, always do. We didn't know about this bar until you brought it up. Yeah. So I didn't know that Pablo and Steve had done this. Yeah, so yeah, this is so super cool. He's been working on this for a long time. It's really cool to do a Latin-inspired, because their other place that's been open now for, I want to say, five or six years, Scopa Italian Roots over right, in right. Venice. Um, and Pablo they, was telling me about that before you came. Mm-hmm. And that's where Old Lightning is that's in the back. That's where Old Lightning is in the back. And so they've been working on this project in the lease, and obviously through permitting, because most of this has been warehouse Populated. It was a big deal to get a liquor license in here and get the proper permitting. Oh permit yeah, in. yeah. So yeah. it was a very lengthy process. Do they um, have a forty-seven or a forty-eight here? Are they serving food? They serve food. They serve Food's food. Food's really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it looks amazing. Latin-inspired food and then tropical cocktails. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't all have to be tiki-based as long as it's fun-based. Exactly. Then yeah. Everything's yeah. wonderful. I like that. Yeah. Fun-based. Yes. Fun-based. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what life's that's all about. That's an industry term, right? Fun-based. Yeah. It is now. That's what life's all about. <laughs> you know, we were talking about this earlier. I brought up this whole movement about the craft beer industry that you know in the past twenty years or so have really taken off, and you have people that have become real snobbish about that whole thing, and. It seems like no matter what brewery they go to, they just can't enjoy themselves. They have to, to criticize. They're even calling themselves beer sommeliers too. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and they have to <laughs> they have to criticize everything about whatever it is that they're drinking, the color, the taste, the, the whatever, whatever it is, right? And I don't want to be one of those guys with the craft cocktail movement. Like you know, um, adjust your expectations. What I always say, right? If I'm going to go to TGI Friday with my family, I'm not going to expect some kind of crafted thing and scoff if I don't get it. But people do, you know? And I think and like they should go somewhere else. Yeah, you gotta like, go they somewhere have to else. appreciate the but, you know yeah, and, and it's just me like uh, again just reinforcing this whole thing is it's gotta be fun. Right. If you're not enjoying yourself, dude, like you're doing something wrong. Like you're if you're I get it. Like if you really get into this whole thing as a hobby and you start educating yourself about rums or these other spirits and you really want to be somebody that knows what you're drinking. If it's going to take you down a couple notches with your enjoyment by going anywhere else in the world, maybe it's not the right... Just stay inside. Yeah. Just have your alcohol delivered that's and what, don't come out. That's what home entertainment is for, that's right? That's what home... You know, yeah. I, yeah. Same... I, but I feel that's the same the thing, way. And, you know, being a bartender for so many years, that's like the biggest thing is like I can teach anybody how to make a cocktail for sure. Yeah, it's a recipe yeah. and it's a flavor profile. But I can teach you how to be a hospitable and welcoming and warm, engaging person. Yeah. Like that's on you, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So, and that's the biggest thing. And now, like, you know, spending so much time on the other side, like in a bar stool, like watching and like taking in cocktails from other people. That's the biggest thing I notice is sometimes I could have like the most like amazing, like cerebral cocktail. But if I've had like really crappy service, like I am not going there sure, again. Sure. And I can't wait to like ask for my check and get out and move on to the next place. Yes, please. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. If the cocktails are subpar, but the service is excellent, you're yeah. more forgiving about those cocktails, oh, exactly. right? Because yeah. you've had around. a good time and the whole thing about like it's why about are you in a experience. bar it's like you want to yeah. be around other people you want to have a good time yeah you want to let loose i just don't want to go to tgi fridays with you and your family <laughs> i haven't been to tgi fridays in probably 20 years <laughs> okay. so i think you're safe there <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And i don't go to those places because they all have the same menu tgi fridays chilies applebee's they all have the same they all have the blooming onion right they all have the nachos they all have the uh, fish and chips. It's, it's all stuff I can't eat anymore. It looks like I can. You know what's crazy though? Places like that are now like kind of cocktail trends are what like five, eight years behind in like chain restaurants. Yeah. But they're all now like putting like Negronis on menus. Right. And, I like, think Applebee's has a zombie right on now. Menus. Yeah. Yeah, but the they're, zombies got blue curacao. I know, it. but still, it's just like stop it. They're not proper they're ones. Not proper. Just serve um, your but they're light. they're at least getting into a direction, right? Like I think almost gone are the 20 page martini and i put air quotes around it martini menu like what is that right right (laughs) so apple teenies are a thing of the past um no i don't think we're going that far i still see that like squeeze bottle of chocolate i I know what jamie's getting at do you remember boris when we did the crawl that uh what crawl was it is the pina colada crawl that we did yes we ended up at king's hawaiian and this guy says Oh, I'm sorry, guys. No. They had us throw all no, our blenders away. It wasn't away. King's Hawaiian. It was King's Fish House. King's Fish House. King's yes. Fish House. The guy says, I'm sorry, guys. They had us throw all our blenders away. They want us to do this whole craft cocktail thing now. So I'm going to make you a pina colada, but it's not going to be blended. And we're like, fine. So he goes away for a little bit, comes back after a few minutes, and he hands out four pina coladas that were handshaken, made in a craft cocktail style. Mm-hmm. Probably the best pina colada I ever had. Yeah. Really? Would you so, say? Yes. Okay, so right now, as a as a bartender ambassador, I see this whole movement of like the pina colada like being embraced by craft bars and being redone in a craft way. Like there's this bar in London called Coupette, and they have a champagne pina colada. Champagne. It is one of the best things I've ever it's good. had really? in my life. I'm making a face. So now <laughs> we got to go to London. For, we're, we're on a tour now. Right, right, we're, right now. now. We're like now launching the world tour. I renewed my passport last year for this reason. So you knew. It's like you knew this was going to happen, Boris. <laughs> okay, so let's say, okay, hypothetically, let's say we go to London mm-hmm. to try this champagne pina colada. Am I tapping out at three? And then I'm done, and you guys are like, "Come on, Boris, we're in London. You don't, you're not here every day." Boris, I think you can go further than three. I've drank with you before, <laughs> and I see you in my bar. Three. <laughs> you don't I, give I don't yourself think, enough credit can over you get here. Can you us into like Mahiki? Is that still a thing? It I is. I know it was a yeah. thing like 14 years ago. It's is still this? a thing. Oh, okay, cool. Places like that don't go away. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> so, how many places have you been around the world? Oh man. Um, 
too many to count. I don't know. I, I, you know, I spend a lot of my time at where our distilleries are. So I get to see a lot of the big cities like Paris and Milan. So and- I feel stupid about asking that question if you've been to the distillery in Puerto Rico. <laughs> no, but you, that's a nice no, base. No, it's a valid question. But I got it. into this racket because I wanted to travel and I wanted to go oh, to these places see? and get behind. You know, Smart. spending so many like years as a bartender, like having everything at my fingertips. Yeah. I really wanted to like kind of take that next step in my career and actually get behind the bottle and like spend time at the distilleries, spend time with the master blenders and get to jump on a plane and travel. When I was running bar programs, I was like six days a week in my program. I couldn't yeah, even in the like, bar. I couldn't even get to other people's bars. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. I mean, you, you would have events at your bar <laughs> yes. because you couldn't go anywhere else. Exactly. That, that's like a total 180 degrees. Mm-hmm. That's completely different. Wow. wow. But there's plenty of places I still want to go to. But you like, were coming up with a new menu like you know, every quarter. Always. Yeah. Yes. And everything was always delayed. The millionaire. Delicious. Mm, yeah. Mm. Are you still mixing at all anywhere? Um, no, only like for a hobby. And as we like come out with new expressions, just kind of like R&D for the Would brands. you say that it's a skill that gets rusty? Like if you step away for a little bit? Definitely. Well, I wouldn't say it gets rusty. It sort of is like that adage, like riding a bike, right? You like get back mm. on, you're back into it. But there's definitely new trends that I see in bars that like I'm just not as privy to. Like right now, everyone is like washing every spirit with coconut. Or well, the- now like the young bartenders, like they're like, oh, okay, do you do you have a spinzol? As if everyone just has a spinzol yeah, yeah, in yeah. their yeah. back pocket. I'm starting to and see I that, yeah. You know, I don't come from that see, era. That's so. interesting that you say that you're not privy to, but. When you know when you're running a bar program and you're stuck inside of a, the same bar mm-hmm. six days a week, sure, I would think that you'd be more privy to what's happening outside of that bar because you're out and about seeing what's happening throughout the industry. You're going to yeah, all these other the different thing. places. You're not always out and about. You're like in your own program and in your own head and like and now. Um, what I mean now, now that you're not behind the bar. Oh, now that I'm not behind the bar. So I see all the trends, but I'm not like in the bar actually R&D and perfecting these things. So I'm oh, very okay. aware of right. them, okay. but I haven't myself but you haven't been able been, to perfect them. Yeah, okay. Them. I yeah. got you. All right. right. So, and that was like, you know, as a bartender, like I said, kind of getting to grow up in the LA craft cocktail movement of things. I got to team up with a number of amazing chefs that taught me a lot on the molecular side, a lot on kind of just like different flavor pairings and like really brought that into my craft as a bartender. That was another thing too. Like when I would go see her... At, at Drago Centro, the the bar food menu was like ridiculously priced, like affordable and fun and delicious. Like there was a, a, a plate of olives that was wonderful. There was meatballs that were wonderful. Everything was always good so, and cool. So let me ask you this, Jamie. So when you would pair cocktails to different dishes, which is assuming that's what, what we're talking about. Sure, right? yeah. So, what does it take to do that? How much time does it take to to come up with a menu? Um, it really depends because sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's the cocktail that comes first, and then trying to find a dish okay. that it pairs with. And sometimes it's like really like taking the dish and like being able to balance those flavors. So either going in a completely opposite direction to mm-hmm. it, or going with like flavors that complement and that kind of exemplify it. So there's some like, you know, I would walk around with like a notebook with cocktails that were kind of half done for a matter of months to a matter of years and finding kind of that perfect opportunity to like release it. So it's, it's an ongoing process, you know, it's not creativity on demand is one of the hardest things to do, right? It's interesting cocktails that are half done. Like you, you already know what direction you're going with this, but that's awesome. I've never never thought about that, that Mm -hmm. cocktails would 
you have something in mind and you're working on it right now, but I'm it's not that. done. I do that. All. I have like rum and ice and yeah. I, it's half done. I just need to finish. Just your, just your glass of rum or? <laughs> the reason why I ask this is because I've always wanted to do an episode inside the Desert Oasis room mm-hmm. where I do some kind of, you know, maybe a trio of food dishes and pair them with cocktails. Now, I'm not a practicing bartender. I'm a home bartender. I'm somebody that I'll use um, certain cocktail ratios. Like they call it the golden ratio I use all the time for creating cocktails. It, it's a kind of a no but fail. He, he gets his eyes from Sonic. So it's the cool <laughs> I do. The cool palette eyes. <laughs> I, I get the palette yeah. eyes. I do do that. But I always thought it'd be fun to do an episode like that. But then it makes me think now, like maybe it's a little ambitious to just do that one day. You know, it'd be fun I'd have to plan for it. If we did it, it right? and we all had like the same dish and like Boris, yourself, and I all create a cocktail with it and see. That would be who's, awesome. Who's, yes. Who's right? Because so this, is, thing, this like, is what I think pairs good with this dish. You know, yeah. who, you know what that would be a perfect episode for? The prime rib guy. Oh. The prime <laughs> <Yeah>. rib guy. <laughs> the prime rib guy. <laughs> That's one of those like, guys. Same, we're talking That's about like saying like the sausage king of yeah. like Chicago. The sausage like, king of Chicago. Like, I only <laughs> eat prime rib. So I won't drink that. I've mentioned this in previous episodes. So you and I talked about this earlier where you adjust your expectations so that you're not disappointed wherever it is that you go. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's people that when they go somewhere, they only want aged spirits. They only want craft cocktails. And then if you go, like a, the example I used, if you go to TGI Fridays or you go to Chili's or you go to a bar in Mexico because you're on a spring break or honeymoon or vacation or whatever, and you don't get those things, you get disappointed. And the first thing you do is criticize them. And you say, oh, my God, they used this kind of rum. They used th- they used uh, the first can- thing they do is write blah, a Yelp blah, 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 blah. review. Yes, the first thing yes. they write a Yelp review. And I've said to Boris, <laughs> I have or a bunch I've actually of unfinished Yelp reviews. <laughs> not just to Boris, but I've said this in previous episodes that that's like somebody that says, "I only eat prime rib." That's the prime rib guy. <laughs> I only eat filet mignon. But you know what? Sometimes a carne asada burrito hits the spot. Sometimes a double-double hits the spot. Most of the time. It doesn't have to always be strip steak. It doesn't always have to be lobster. It doesn't always have to be Kobe beef, right? You know, and people get that when I use the food example. But when the drink example comes along, they turn into that, oh, I only drink blah, blah, blah. I I become that when it becomes like soju drinks. Well, when they don't have look, a liquor license. Look, what soju drinks are you having? That's a joke. Yeah, we're not going to name the name, but, but well, I'll but tell you after I'll, the microphones are off. If I'm there and it's that, that's what they got, I'll give it a shot. But that's like saying, you know, I'm going to have the steak and shrimp, and then they throw crawfish in there for instead of shrimp right. or whatever. Right. right. I don't know. That maybe that'd be a bad example. You know what? I'll I'll go to beer. No, I agree with you. Soda. I think sometimes people are very rigid about their cocktails. Like they fe- feel like it defines them, and they feel it, like it if just, they veer off, like if they started with rum, they're like, oh well, I can't possibly go to tequila. That gives me a hangover. Yeah, like, yeah. No, it's actually the amount that you consume. But yeah, that's, yeah. You know, whatever. Right. <laughs> it's like um, uh, you know. But yeah, I, I bet you the prime rib guy thinks that like he's only a wine guy with prime rib too. So <laughs> this is gonna be super exciting <laughs> to do guy. cocktails. The brawl, scotch guy. So Jamie, just so that Jamie knows, the primary guy is me. It's just this, this the obnoxious guy. You're the guy. primary guy. No, <laughs> so you're like asking for a friend. Is I'm this what's right. happening right now? It's it's just the obnoxious <laughs> voice that Boris likes to call the primary guy. So 
So when I, you know, he says, oh, I hope the prime rib guy makes an appearance <laughs> on the next episode. Well, I said he can. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, he needs to. <laughs> but there's also the other version of the prime rib guy where he waits 20 minutes for the end cut. And it's like, we're all, we're three quarters done over here, dude. Right. Just let the end cut go. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, they like what they like. It's... I know they do. But at Circus Circus, let it go. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. But, but yeah, no, I mean, like to see more in it, like I'm pairing cocktails with food is really difficult. People think that you can just like manipulate yeah. it, but like things that are a little bit more nuanced, like wine and like a little gentler in flavor are much easier. But sometimes people try to like throw everything at your palate with the cocktail as well as with the food. And it's quite overwhelming. It's exhausting. It's like kind of like, uh, I don't know, like flavor Olympics going on here. Okay. What about cocktails and pie? And, oh. and pie? Pie. You might you might be a pioneer on that. You might be a pie oneer, Boris. <laughs> Thank you. Like a I, you know banana daiquiri and a ooh. banana cream pie, mm-hmm. or a pina colada. Well, that's see, that's like what I was saying earlier. You can kind of go same same with it, right? And yes. like kind of like highlight and enhance the flavor profile, or you can go in an opposite direction with things, where it, it does the same but in a very different way. Yeah. So. Um, I actually thought you said like pot and like I'm like, oh pot. no I'm not a, <laughs> I'm like, wow okay I know we're in like L A and like, people a, are a, advocating I, for like I am not a weed guy yeah I know <laughs> neither am I but it's like created this whole not that's, that there's that's, anything that's wrong a different with that, show you know. <laughs> that's a different show that's right that's right we just lost three quarters of your audience sorry <laughs> if you have a product service or event that you'd like to bring attention to we can help. This podcast reaches thousands of listeners in over 100 countries every week. Imagine hearing your ad in this spot, just like you're hearing this one right now. Sponsor an episode and get the exposure you deserve. For more information, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on Services. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Tiki Tea, a family-owned and operated tropical drink bar in Los Angeles, California. Come get their house specialty, The Ray's Mistake, for only $6 on Wednesdays until 9 p.m. For more information, check out their website, tiki-ti.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Steadfast Pomade, a strong-holding, medium-bodied styling product for men and women, which leaves your hair looking slick, neat, and shiny with a clean, fresh scent. Order yours today at steadfastpomade.com. Now, Boris told me that I need to know the story about how you became a bartender. Oh, okay. Because you, you told me and Mark, and I loved it. Yeah, well, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, I don't know, maybe, kind of, sort of. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, as anyone else in my age bracket, we went to undergrad school because that's what we had to do. Yeah. Like, if you didn't go to undergrad because and get that degree, which is dad, a pedigree, like, yeah. then you were just going to be lost for the rest of your life. Um, so being an overachiever, I decided to do undergrad in three years. I went to a private undergrad school. My son's doing that I got right a double now. major, dance and business, because I'm a crazy person. Yeah. And then I decided to study for my LSAT and go to law school. So I started law wow. school at age 20. Wow. Um, and I thought I was... I thought I was like the shit. I yeah, thought yeah. like, oh, I'm going to law school. You know I'm going to be an entertainment I, attorney. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I was going to say you were the shit. If you finished undergrad in three years and then you were in law school by the time you're 20, you were the shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the biggest thing is like I would look around like my classroom because you go through law school with the same like 120 people through each course. And I was like, 
oh my god are these yeah. people gonna be my peers for the rest yeah. of my life oh geez like this is gonna be a long haul yeah <laughs> this is like yeah this is not the fun side of things definitely not but i wanted entertainment law and just so you know my wife's an attorney mm-hmm. and she hates her job <laughs> she hates it <laughs> she hates being an attorney and the same thing like you know i think that they do every they did like a 20 year reunion with all the people that she went to law school with. Sure. And I would say like out of all of them, I think only two of them she's friends with and the the rest the of them The happy people are the non-practitioners. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, some of them actually they went into the field and within a couple of years they left it. And that's what I mean. I have like one of my friends I was really close with that ended up finishing law school. She now works like for Gucci as sort of like the similar job to mine but in the fashion right, side of right. things. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, Gator racking up that debt and doing something else that you love. But, yeah, I actually, I wanted to still give it a fair fight in things. So I I worked as a contract administrator for Weinstein Company, Miramax. They were kind of in between. I know. That is like a dirty word these days, especially like (laughs) in L.A. anything creepy happen? No. I mean, I was a very like, you know, 22-year-old, like low-level, like contract administrator. Like I was working in the basement. People called me if they were owed money. If yeah, but you know, their if, contract isn't right. If like all of a sudden, like you know, on if their you knew writer, you were they, down there, yeah, twenty-two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> if you knew you were down there, right? No, I know this is now. <laughs> so, were you almost doing collections? Um, I was the person that like someone would call like because they had in their writer that like they wanted the green M and M sorted out, you know, and right. all of a sudden right. they weren't sorted out, and like the world was coming to an end because I of sweet said pickles, matter. Jamie, not I dill know. pickles. Yeah, you were a I fixer. Know, yeah, which, like by the life way, altering matters that I was handling I have for no sure. No time for the person who prefers sweet pickles over dill pickles. It's I, sweet pickles are not I like a sweet thing. Pickles. Right? No. I like sweet pickles, You're but right. I don't really eat pickles. So okay, so I, you don't count because you're yeah, not like a pickle person. No, I'm not so. a pickle person. I don't really yeah. care. No time for primary. Well, so because I'm I'm addicted I'm Korean, to sugar. So I love pickled foods. Pickles, pickles. Is I'm addicted to pickled sugar. So like, you know, that's why I drink cocktails. Well, you're pickles such a sweet food. guy. Well, there you. Thank you. So <laughs> when I when I have to go for the pickle, I go for the sweet one. Wow. <laughs> like when so I buy, wow. when I buy relish at the grocery store, do so. I want the sweet relish? I say, yeah, I'll, just, so I'll take the sweet Wait, relish. Wait, is there like other relish? There's like all relishes. There is. Come there on. is other relish. No, there's there's regular relish. And what then kind there's is sweet relish. the Costco and the machine? I don't know. And the relish guy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But but truth be told, I can't tell the difference really. Okay. Yeah, they taste, still, taste the same. Relish is relish. TGI Fridays, sweet pickles, and honeymoons in Mexico. I don't know who you are, man. So anyway, <laughs> enough of pickle talk. So, Jamie was telling us. Yes. So yeah, so I was still like trying to like drive home like being an attorney, um, but hated it still. Um, did you actually finish law school and go into no, that no, field? No, I did two years. Okay. So I racked up a considerable amount of debt and then decided to not still do it. Still top of her class, bailing <laughs> well, after two years. You're ahead of the game if you stop after two years because there's people that will go and do the whole thing because they've already gone that far and feel like, well, I can't turn back now. And then they get stuck in this rut and they start doing this and thing for a I living was that still they young too so yeah, the yeah. world was my oyster per se right yeah, yeah um but yeah and then i started working i wanted to get more on a creative side so i started working in celebrity pr uh celebrity like talent management um i worked for britney spears's manager for, oh. <laughs> that was interesting was she toxic 
We've all seen like <laughs> I had she's to, in a I better had place to. now, right? I, had I think to say we that. may have lost more of your listeners just in this like one comment. <laughs> now, when you work when you worked for her, was she not a girl but not yet a woman? These are her songs. Are you guys are songs. missing it. You're missing I, it, Boris. Wow, I, I'm happily missing it. <laughs> Who I knew like that toxic. you were so I dialed like into these? <laughs> well, look, I ha- I must admit, I had a physical crush on her. Oh, she was a train wreck. I preferred Christina Aguilera. No, not me. Okay. Well. Because Christina Aguilera had to do the staircase of tonal vocals. Like, that drove me crazy. Okay. Like, okay, I get it. You can sing. Do you have to? Like, They're do all doing amazing scale. dance videos and not wearing clothes. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I digress. Anyways, okay, so back so, to lost. so back in the era. You're, you're, um, you're moving through the so management. moving through the madness of like the entertainment industry in LA. Uh, then I I started working as a fashion stylist because I was working with a lot of the celebrity clients. Wanted to do that kind of. I was going in that like range of wanting to like make my passion a career. Right? Isn't that yeah, what we yeah. all want to do? Like yeah. we don't want to actually feel like we're working yeah. and get paid for it. Right. Yeah. um, That's why everybody buys lottery tickets. Everyone wants to quit their job. I know. I I missed out buying the lottery ticket recently with the huge. Yeah, I I didn't win. You wouldn't have won. I don't even know who won. Someone in South Carolina. Yeah. See. It's always someone from like middle middle America, right? Mm. Right. Anyhow, uh, we digress again. So yeah, I started working as a fashion stylist, and um, like via that, I was making like no money. Like I was working like freelance, making no money. Like I would take me like ninety days to get paid sometimes. Yeah, rent need to be paid in every sixty days. Yeah, you need to get paid. Yeah. So every sixty days. <laughs> thirty I, days. I want to live. Days. I want to live in your building. Sorry, bad with math. You know, <laughs> thirty bad days. With math. Me too. Um, I'm the worst. <laughs> so I started working nights at, at Hollywood nightclubs, doing bottle service, making like okay. a ton of money because okay. it was like yeah, still like when yeah. things like really were in the high yeah. life of that nightclubs. Um, and then I worked at Bar Montmont, which was uh, kind of like a little bit of a. I don't know. I, I kind of like from being around so many people doing bottle service and being like five deep and being super crazy. Like I started working there and I worked in the service well there. Which okay. is so cool. So the service well was not like the service well in like your main bar. It was in the kitchen, like on the second floor with a dumbwaiter. So I had my whole bar. Oh, nice. To myself. How cool is in that? In the kitchen with a dumbwaiter with a little button. So I'd make my cocktails, you know, ring the button, a, a, you know, a ticket would pop up and I would make the next order. Nice. It was great. I loved it for so long because, well, not for so long. For so long. I mean, I was still pretty young. So for but so long, like, it was a couple of months. Doing but, cool? Yeah, without having to interface with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, but she's also, in there like sweating also. Yeah, but you but don't have to interface with anybody. It gave me the opportunity to kind of like, you know, play around with things yeah. and like. Um, my Spanish, my kitchen Spanish got really, really good. Got really too. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I did that and then had started, um, working at more, you know, a little bit more like cocktail facing programs. I started engaging with people once right, again. Right. Right. So that was really exciting for me to work with different chefs and get like more creative with that. And eventually like one thing eclipsed the other. It wasn't like I made an active decision. Like I'm going to stop being a fashion stylist and start being a bartender. Yeah, um, yeah. The biggest thing that happened in the bar scene was that like all of a sudden bartenders were being treated kind of like, like celebrity chefs yeah, to an extent. Yeah. Right. So we would get these like publicists like requests like, okay, cool. So 4th of July is coming up. Like what are your favorite like grilled cocktails and this and that right. so I got a lot of like amazing press and you know people would come in because they wanted my cocktails which yes. is yeah. something that like before that like when I was still working in nightclubs people would come in and be like 
Oh, so I mean, like, are, or do you think about going to college? Like, do you think, like, what do you want to be when you yeah. grow up? Like, people kind of like have this dialogue with you, and you're like, okay, I probably have a degree that exceeds you, but that's okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I went to law school, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> thank you it's for a, your vapid what concern. You're is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, what you're doing is illegal. That's pretty cool. So that's, that's it's an um, story. It, yeah, it's been a really great time. And like now, the job that I work in, like when I had started bartending, like these jobs as ambassadors didn't exist because like people didn't really care what was in their glass as much. People right, didn't care. Right. Like people weren't having the home bars that were to a degree that they have now. Not everybody was Mark Holt having like right. every spirit under right. the sun right. and like <laughs> inviting bartenders from the top <laughs> bars in the U.S. to come and guest bartend. You know, right. um, people like normal people were not living that life. But now, like, it's like I get my crate and barrel catalog in the mail and it has, like, mixing glasses and spoons. Like, people are stirring cocktails on a bar cart at home. Um, I'm getting a skull spoon in my Facebook feed. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's creepy. We can have a whole other discussion about, like, social media. But it's like, it's so weird. I feel like it knows me. And it's like, it does in a really creepy manner. Well, it's a different era. I mean, that's like, that's changed bartending, too. For, you know, for good or bad, but now, like, there's so much, like, based into bartenders, like, posting their cocktails online and doing things. Like, I talked a little bit about, like, my career kind of jumped up through doing, like, um, either, like, magazine edits and things like that or just getting some publicity. So, do you reveal, like, if you do, let's say you do a, a recipe for a magazine. Do you give the full recipe? Because I've seen some recipes online that I know are like... There's something missing, yeah. I do because I feel like that's very false to give someone... Like, you're setting them up for failure, right? If you don't give them the full recipe. Right. So, it's really like, you know, here's... for you. Thank you. You're welcome. But but there's a lot of, like, kind of, like, nuance into how you're creating the cocktail, And there's also... Yeah, you're right. There's that. But then there's also, like, when you... you, So, they're not going to get the exact drink because of that nuance. But when you release something with your name on it, that's a big deal, too, because, big deal. you know, it's got your name on it. You know, but there's a lot of hacks. I mean, you know, and I don't mean hacky people, but like a lot of people. No, I know like what you mean by hacks. Reverse engineering or this and that. Sure. And, it's, and it's easy to get caught up in that. And then you're like, this isn't the drink at all. So yeah. why did I waste? I try to make like recipes that I pull offline, like for like cooking recipes, like during my free time, which isn't vast, but during my free time, because I find it very cathartic. Yeah. But my rest, like how my dish never turns out exactly how the picture is. Right. Of course. Right. And I'm going to venture to say that like, yeah, my, my Emerald Lagasse like recipe that like he makes it way better than I do. Yeah. So yeah. there's always that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So Jamie just poured us a 10. The and- Ace. The DA, so that's how you're supposed to say it now. The DA, right? DA. Okay. So, so this is kind of the heart of it. It's like between ten and twelve years. There's a little bit of older in it. There's always some younger because with barrel aging, like obviously, like you want to get all those amazing uh, compounds due to wood and liquor contact, right? So you want to get those like vanilla notes and those toasty, nutty, woody oats or notes. Sorry, we've had too much rum. Um, <laughs> but um, but you sometimes I lose. like woody oats. <laughs> but you sometimes lose or some of those like green grassy notes so that's why we still blend in some of the younger rum to kind of oh. like retain some of those like grassy banana like kind of you know fresh notes to it as well that works very nice so, all right cheers guys cheers oh wow yeah i could start my day with that so, every day i could pour this over ice cream or cereal right now <laughs> 
or cereal. cereal? <laughs> Remember, he's starting his day with this. Over dry oats. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Over dry oats. Over dry oats. <laughs> so, yeah, now, like, you know, like, fast forward to, so when they released Bacardi 8 out to the public in, like, 1995, like, people weren't, like, really, like, thinking that sipping rum was a thing. Well, at that time, it wasn't a thing. No. I mean, at that time, 1985, you said? 95. Oh, 95. Um, yeah, it, well, it was just probably getting started, I would say. 95, I, I was... People were still drinking, like, Sex on the Beach and, like, yeah, screwdrivers. Yeah, I was Mr. Like, Vodka Bramberry. In 95, I was 95. Um, yeah, I was still hitting the clubs out in Hollywood and drinking whatever people they... People were drinking yeah. terrible things that looked like mouthwash. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And tasted like mouthwash <laughs> yes. on occasion, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, like, because, you know, I started drinking in the 80s because of my age. And so, like, by the time the mid-90s rolled around... I was embarrassed about what I drank in the 80s. So I think that at that time when the, the grog log was coming out and so people were starting to experiment. Late 90s. Yeah, it was late 90s. Yeah. But yeah, 95, I think I was still in the clubs in I Hollywood. I was still vodka cranberry, yeah. still, um, you know, Jack and, or uh, Captain and Coke. Yeah. Still, um, and I still like Greyhounds. I was drinking I was kamikazes and... Yeah, and Sex and on the also, Beach. You know, and but you probably were not drinking those with, like, fresh grapefruit juice, were you? No! <laughs> <laughs> I, I was drinking it with, you know, Ocean Spray or whoever. Those whatever lovely little you know, cans that are reason. kind of that, like, pale, like, yeah. Like, they taste old to begin with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is good. I don't, I don't even sell that anymore, and then he opens it, and you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Out of these, in. which is your favorite? <laughs> Out my of the favorite, four, the eight, and the ten. Um, my favorite is always the eight. I was going to say, I still like the eight out of all of them. I like it because at eight years, you get like those baking spice notes. It's like kind of yeah, really like yeah. creamy and fat. And yeah. I just, you know, it's comforting. It's like kind of that warm like blanket that wraps around I you. I agree with everything that you just said. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still loving this guy too. But this I is like still good. All. I think, um, you know, I think the four, like this makes an amazing daiquiri. I think... The 10 is like best enjoyed with a cigar and a campfire. Oh, there you go. That's what this flavor is. Yeah. Ah, Yeah. Do do they sell cigars at the Puerto Rico distillery? We do. Are they like soaked in Bacardi like like the Maker's Mark does? Do they do that? They send you like a few joints in their club. They do have some that are uh, the Bacardi. They... They've changed it over the years. They had it with Bacardi Solera, but I think they're now doing it with the one, the expression that I told you, the 15-year that's been aged in sherry casks. They're doing the gum. Oh. With that, so. Can you get any of those here? Do I have to go to Puerto Rico to get one? We're going to Puerto Rico, Andrew. We decided that. After this, you know how many, like, she said it. I was like, oh, you know what? I want one right now. Do you know how many text messages you have, like, when you go to Puerto Rico, bring me back some of those? You know, people are texting me. If they are texting me about Puerto Rico, it's not for me to bring stuff back. It's for them to join us. Yeah. yeah. It's for like, hey, can we get another seat for myself? Is this not, why you put your phone on airplane have, mode when we started right, this? Right, right. I have final, <laughs> final, I have veto approval. Veto approval, yeah. <laughs> Is that a yeah. thing? Veto approval? I don't yeah, even yeah. know anymore. That's an oxymoron, right? It's <laughs> like jumbo shrimp. I have final say on who gets to come. <laughs> <laughs> veto approval. I like that. Yeah, this is good. Does Bacardi have their own plane? We don't yet. No. Okay, yet. I, I would yet. have known. Oh, come this. on! The Backstreet Boys have their own plane. It was in their video. You are Mister Nineties. <laughs> well, Spears, I secretly, I secretly DJ wanted to Fridays. be. You know when when people say it's like modern day like VH1 like pop up. Yeah, right what's your guilty like, pleasure? In the nineties, I secretly wanted to be in a boy band because they 
they had the hair and they all dressed nicely so you, and they Dracula. and they and they, know, and they got all the girls <laughs> right? you could start the boy band now i mean yeah it would yes. be it would be is more than a sync? man band it would be like old man back band together, right and doing yeah stuff. are that, they yeah oh. are they really wow is it no, Joey sorry, for, Backstreet Boys. Oh, oh yeah, Backstreet Boys. Joey yeah, 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 they're back yeah. together. Boys to Men are back together, too. Oh, okay. And wow. Color Me Bad made a little effort, but then they effort. couldn't get all of them. I mean, like, uh, the lead singer had another... I liked Color Me Bad. Had another issue with the band and... and Let it go. Do you want to pay your rent or not? <laughs> no, I think that he has a drinking problem or something like that. I, I could be wrong. I mean, like, He's I, drinking I don't want to He's drinking mudslides at TGI Fridays. Yeah. That's the that, problem. That's the drinking problem right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but you know, um, I know that when they split up, it was because there was all that infighting, and I think someone had a drinking problem. Another one found Jesus, or two of them found Jesus. Were you a VJ? <laughs> uh, no, I mean like <laughs> it was my guilty pleasure. <laughs> but this is probably like every story to every like group, right? Yes, one finds yes. Jesus, one has a drinking problem. Yeah. Sometimes that person is the yes. same person, but. Well, what happens is they go on these things that are life changing, and it's not necessarily life changing for a positive thing. You know? Positive it's like, for them. Well, not they. You think it's positive from the outside, as a as a person is viewing it from the outside. For them, it turns their lives upside down, and they can't handle it. You know, and I know that one of the things that I read about the lead singer from Color Me Bad is he became an alcoholic because he would drink before he'd go on stage to calm his nerves. Oh. He had like extreme stage fright and his alcoholism took over. Now, it became okay. a problem for the band. Not to sidetrack. That's but like I self-medicating. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. was reading about Jackie Wilson a couple weeks ago because I, I like Jackie Wilson. Um, or I, you know, I liked him, whatever. And I didn't know that he, his whole thing was he like took like Salt supplements. Oh, I didn't know that. So he sweat more on stage because he thought it was the women loved it. Wait, but Jackie doesn't, like, Wilson. If you take salt, doesn't it like retain water? He like, was yeah, taking that's what I thought. That made him sweat more, right. and then he had a coma and died in 1984. It was just like, wait, I didn't know any of this, and I felt bad. But that was his thing, Mister Sweating on Stage, and it ended up killing him. Wow. Hmm. Now, what happened I to Marvin Berry? Yeah. <laughs> what happened to Marvin Berry? Which one's Marvin Berry? This is your cousin Marvin. Chuck, this is your cousin Marvin. Oh, from, he did a... He did <laughs> okay, good. bad joke, he, bad he joke. He appeared in all three Back to the Futures. Was he in the third he one did. too? Yeah, because yeah. remember they had to go read back and, and, and he was up in the rafters. Yeah, but that was in the second one, right? Was that in the second one? That was the second one. I don't know. I don't I don't know. know. They went to the I'm old West. Marvin. Chuck, Chuck, it's your cousin Marvin. You got to listen to this. <laughs> listen to this and he held the phone out. Yes. Yeah. What was his band, though? Marvin Berry and the... Someone's going to write in the comments. I write in the comments. Were. I'm not going to... The Marv Tones? <laughs> oh, God, I don't think it was the Marv Tones. No, I don't think there's no way in that that's probably not it. We're going to have to just wait and see we the response. We have to, like... Yeah. Yeah. Somebody right. knows. Not us. Yeah. Not us. Write in the comments, folks. Somebody's on the phone right now, like, fact-checking this. They're checking it right now. Do you have magnets? Right Do you have Desert Oasis Room magnets yet? No, I want to get them done. No, this is an interesting story. I went to get pop sockets made. And... They declined my my submission, calling it a copyright infringement. They said that that logo and that trademark already belongs to somebody, and you cannot use that. Really? <laughs> and I had to say, I had to send them a note and say, "Yes, it belongs to me. <laughs> I'm the guy." <laughs> yes. You're like, I can't infringe upon myself. Can you so. please look at my account and see that I already have T-shirts, hoodies, pullovers. I have all kinds of stuff. You know, 
I'm the guy. Yes, well, this is mine. Well, these are being vigilant, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, and I thought, should I be happy that they're protecting my logo and my brand? Or should I be angry that, you know, because I've had to file, I've probably filed, this is no exaggerating, I've probably filed about 80 copyright infringement claims. Oh, wow. Settle down, Paul Allen. Well, yeah, those <laughs> people are like, they're stealing my logo and they're making stuff with it's it. It's a palm tree. Uh, it's a couple palm trees. Okay. Right. It's two. Well, it's, it's two. It's the arrangement. You can have one palm tree or three palm trees. It's the arrangement and the font. <laughs> but they'll use a different font and then I'll be like, hey, that's my logo. And I'll have to actually like file a copyright infringement The Desert claim. Oasis Chamber? Is that what they're trying and to do? And then they yeah. even made one that had cactus and and a... Um, what do you call that? The the bull skull? What do they call that? It's a cow skull, I guess. Cow skull, yeah. No, there's a name for it. Uh, anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah. But then that one sounds right different. Right in the comments. 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 No, no palm trees. No, no does your wife help you with that stuff? No, I do it all myself. Okay, because I can bring in Jamie if we need to. Does Jamie do graphic counselor design? over here. <laughs> <laughs> Junior counselor. I'm the muscle over here. I know it was only when she was 22, but she's 27 Don't now. Don't worry. So. Right, right. All five foot two of me is going to come go. in and like there you go. regulate over here. I wouldn't mess with you. Yeah. Now, as, um, as a Hollywood stylist, yeah. what do you think of my shirt? <laughs> It's I think inside it seems out. very you. It's inside okay. out. Mm-hmm. I can tell, but because it's, it's the reverse faded. print. It's the reverse. No, no, it's, it's like a joke. style. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And is it okay for me? It's good for you. And what about Adrian's shirt? Adrian's shirt works for him. And your top is wonderful. I feel like also. we're all very yeah, like, we're all very tropical, island, very tropical yeah. island mm-hmm. friendly. This is um from the seventies, and I think that's from the eighties, right? Because no, it's this the is reverse from print, like six years ago, but. No, I mean, yours looks like the 70s, like non-breathable, like never it's combustible, it's like nylon, like nylon yeah. polyester. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I was 12 years old. Waterproof-ish or water-resistant. Yeah. yeah, very much so. <laughs> Cocktail-resistant. Yes, Jackie Wilson that's would important. Not wear that shirt. When I was 12 years old, my favorite shirt was a nylon Primo Hawaii shirt. Oh. It was blue and black. I remember it vividly. I don't even know what happened to it. It's kind of a bummer, but yeah. anyway. Well, let's find the same shirt. Interesting tidbit for the let's day. Let's find it and reunite you. Yeah. Like, here's the thing: in like 20 years, your shirt will still be looking like that. Boris's shirt will like probably deteriorate. Yes, my yeah, collar is That's right. That's right. Given up. That's right. Not yeah. cocktail resistant. Not cocktail here. resistant. Cocktail. <laughs> More industry terms. <laughs> well, Jamie, I appreciate you joining us today, and Thank I appreciate you. you bringing us all of these aged rums, which yeah. are more delicious. Because rum are is delicious. fun, right? Rum is fun. Do you have? An Instagram or anything you want to promote? I do have an Instagram account. It's uh, Jet Set Jamie. Jet Set Jamie. Okay. Yeah, but it's J-A-Y-M-E-E. Okay. My parents were quite creative with the spelling of my name. They sounded it out. Right? It's phonetically spelled, <laughs> so you can't get it wrong. Although I go. still get people li- living in LA, I still get people like, hi, May. I'm like, <laughs> 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 it works. Whatever. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you again for bringing all the rum, and thank you, Boris, for joining the podcast as usual. Oh, uh, our favorite person on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks thank for you having so me. Much. I, you know, I enjoy it. 
And you while wouldn't we, know where else to be. So <laughs> while we're here at Dama, we're going to enjoy ourselves. We've got, I think we've got some food and we've got uh, what, some more rum happening. Some yes. food, some Maybe rum, some more cocktails some in the background. and all we're that. Good. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. And for all you guys out there that have any questions, comments, or just want to leave a shout out, stop by our Facebook group page inside the Desert Oasis room and make sure you give us a follow at Polynesian Pop. Okay, guys, this is what you're missing right now. More rum. Cheers. Cheers. Aloha. Cheers.